Wait, we have two Stevens in the crowd. Two Stevens <laughs> oh, and a Coral. Shit. Coral, she's in the back row. We're slopping over with Steve. I told her not to sit too close. <laughs> <laughs> Steve uh, Ferris. Sorry. What's your last name? Langston. Lang- Langston and Ferris. Trusted attorneys that know the law. Mm. Langston and Thera- Ferris. <laughs> Welcome to Ross Coleman, Lillian Jones. <laughs> Lillian Jones? Lily. Oh, okay. And Jones. And Lillian. Lillian Jones. There's an ampersand. Have you been the victim of an accident? <laughs> you do have the overcoat. <laughs> I lost everything. Langston and Ferris can get you money. <laughs> yeah. They got me all of the money that I needed in order to not be homeless. <laughs> do you have mesothelioma? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I wasn't even injured. And Langston and Ferris got me money. I don't know where, but I didn't ask. All right. Clearly, it's late. Right. Clearly, this is not part of the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We still haven't started the show. All right. Ready? All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists Three. to give various potentially comedic takes on several random, random topics, topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time what? in front of a live studio audience in a show called <laughs> Stab. Yay! Yeah! Welcome to Stab. Stab. Yes. So many people in the crowd. Yes, uh, here we are at Stab. Uh, we're here every Friday at around 10, 10-ish, starting at 10.30 tonight. Yeah. Uh, 1710 Broadway, uh, come by, check us out on a Friday. We already lost one person. Uh, we're now, uh, everyone on stage outnumbers the audience. That's what I call success. <laughs> yeah. Stab doesn't. Uh, <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, Skip Bacon's back. All right, uh, what we're going to do the show called Stab that we've done. Over 200 times. Um, let's go ahead and start. Uh, let's hear it for your, your contestants, Nick Coleman. I almost touched him. Evan T. Lilly. And Jesse Jones. Yeah. I am your host, John Morris, Ross the Fourth. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Welcome to Stab, everyone. Uh, especially the contestants. <laughs> Nice. Um, Nick, Nick Coleman. Hey. Very good. I see you have all your notes written. <laughs> yeah. Like sentences as if you were a child <laughs> that was, um, that lied once. Too and much. then they're like, write yeah. that 60 times before you watch <laughs> Indiana Jones. I just, I'm just going to repeat the same line over and over. <laughs> just Bart Simpson your way through the. What do you, what's your latest thing? You did, you receive, you, you make movies. Yeah. Short that, ones. Now, didn't you uh, just like win or you entered into something that you won or got second place in something? I don't remember. Yeah. I, well, I won a writing thing. Okay. Screenwriting competition. Um, haven't won anything for a movie in a while, but yeah. we're, we're looking to turn that around. Yeah. Turn <laughs> if the I can just around. finish editing my latest one that's taken me for fucking ever. Yeah. We understand editing issues. Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, congratulations on hey. following through with shit. <laughs> thanks, man. Not many people do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. Anyway, thanks for <laughs> being here, Nick. Yeah, you know, Nick, there was actually one time um, when we were when we were both single lads. I think we're still. That I was talking to a lady online, and then she ended up on a date with you. 
at yeah, Shine Cafe. The, yeah. the crazy archaeologist? Yes. The, cra- yeah. Yeah. the tweaker archaeologist. Cra- yes. Oh, and my God, I, had, <laughs> I hadn't been on a date with her, but then I saw you there with her, and I was just eavesdropping your whole thing. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know what I don't know what I thought. <laughs> Everything was okay during the day, and then I had her over to my place at night, and it was the only time I've ever felt unsafe with a woman in my apartment. Yeah. Like, she was, like, uh, like it was, it was bad. Did you, did you dig her? Oh, she belongs in a museum. <laughs> um, so, so you were really un, un, I want to hear more about the story. She was, she was clearly on meth. Was like, she? We couldn't. She did have a lot of on the topic. I couldn't turn on the TV. I couldn't do any of my normal stuff. It was like, let's listen to music. Let's turn this. And then, and I was like, I was genuinely coming down with a cold. And she was like, don't be a pussy. And blah blah blah. <laughs> it's like it's just mental. And I was like, no, it's really just fuck like, me. Uh, cough know. in my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like literally had to. I kicked her out of my apartment. And then she texted me like, don't ever call me again. <laughs> like you know, I just kicked you out. Like that's not gonna happen. Oh. Of course, I'm not gonna call you again. <laughs> so you can't glad. fire me. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you took one for us. <laughs> hey, I do it again. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Thank out you there blazing trails, making sure it's safe for other guys. That's great. We've never even talked about this. This was nice. I'm glad I think we sort of. We've this came to my mind. I was like, oh, I remember that time. Can we touch fingers now? That's what <laughs> there we go. I don't know why I home. All right, moving on. All right, Evan T. Lilly, looking like a conductor yeah, up in here, looking much. like uh, a four-year-old. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, how, with a beard. How are you? <laughs> Yeah, things have been doing pretty well. Nothing too exciting, really. Nothing too exciting? Everything's just really repetitive. Just stay at home doing a bunch of random stuff I don't tell people about. Oh, what? what? <laughs> like what? I said I don't tell people <laughs> oh, about okay. it. Okay. Specifically. Well, Evan T. Lilly, you're a, uh, an accomplished artist. Uh, you paint stuff. You draw stuff real fast. I don't know how fast you are, but some you seem, you're, you're sketchy. Yeah, people do same sketchy. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what's, your, what's your Instagram? Uh, it's at uh, E.T. Lily, but I misspelled it. I made business cards, did the misspelling there, so I have to change my Instagram name. <laughs> but that's where we could find your art. Can you spell that out? At? Yeah, at E-T-L-I-L-E-Y. L-I-L-E-Y. Okay. Yeah. We'll check that out. We'll li- All right. Thanks for being here. All right. Thanks. Evan. All right. Okay. Yeah. Jesse Jones. Hey. He's got a white tie. He looks like a, a candy striper. Sure. Looks like you're helpful in hospitals, making people... <laughs> Yeah, in the 30s <laughs> in the or something. Right, I'm yeah, not I sure like when that went out of hello out of style. How are you? Um, w- anything new? Uh, no, not not really. All right, just this stuff. This stuff. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think we've sufficiently. Uh, we have stalled long enough for. Yeah, we got it. We even back out. We we're back. Now. We're back out to four on four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Are we going to play full court? We could. Four four? Might stick to half still, but you could go full. I like going full with four. Yeah, four is... Make sure yeah. run. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's play step. <laughs> Basketball. I don't feel like that was loud enough. All right, uh, everyone. This is a first... Hey, ever, hey everyone. Oh. Huh? Hello. Everyone. Completely organic reaction. Sorry. Uh, This first segment (laughs) is called Reorganization. Uh, Please take the following acronym, reimagine it. What does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? Uh, Being that we're all just about five days away uh, from Christ's Miss. Today's acronym is COAL. C-O-A-L. COAL. Nick Coleman. I didn't even mean to. What does COAL mean to you? (coughs) C-O-A-L. Cole, 
I can. I don't have to tell you the acronym right now, right? I can build you, up. You can do it however you want. All right. <laughs> Augusta, Georgia, April seventeenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Al Cooper, recently divorced, found himself in the favorable position of having sex with a young ingenue named Riley Graham. The only problem, she had never had an orgasm before. But she ensured Al that she enjoyed sex anyway. Al vowed that he would make her come that very evening. He, in fact, wagered $1,000 on it. If Al had been content to just have sex with this woman and take her word for it that she enjoyed herself, he'd still be alive today. Can't read my own writing. <laughs> Instead, he went through several hours of cunnilingus, fighting through locked jaw, throat beyond hoarse from humming the Star Spangled Banner 30 times in a row, <laughs> fingers permanently gnarled into claws from trying to assist with the impossible task. When finally, Miss Graham suggested vibration of some sort. She had no such device on her person, and Al ran through the options in his house. His electric toothbrush was too little. His Harbor Freight. Belt sander was too much. <laughs> That's when he thought of his John Deere riding lawnmower. The subtle yet consistent rhythm of the 200cc motor could be just the trick. On 11.17 p.m. that evening, Al's neighbor, Ron Mangenti, <laughs> said, quote, I thought it was strange Al was mowing his lawn in the middle of the night, but it wasn't until the earth-rumbling moans of ecstasy and the subsequent ear-splitting screams of pain that I knew something was wrong. That very night... Al had unleashed an orgasmic tidal wave in Riley that caused her to thrash about accidentally kicking him over the front of the, ro- the running mower <laughs> and knocking it into drive, shredding Al into pieces. <laughs> Augusta PD had never seen anything like it, but once the story broke, it became a frequent call to... Uh, it became a uh, it became a frequent qu- uh, frequent call to dispatch. <laughs> Fuck me. A frequent call to dispatch. So frequent that it got its own police code. Cole, or... Cunnilingus on a lawnmower. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. I I liked it. If there were more people here, you wouldn't feel so ashamed. (laughs) (laughs) Don't feel very good. I didn't. No, I didn't. You you, you were looking down at it as if you were upset. (laughs) That's just my thing. Okay. (laughs) No worries. All right. Very good. (laughs) I thought it was good. Cunnilingus. (laughs) Cunnilingus on a lawnmower. Steve, you're doing all right. (laughs) All right. Good. Okay. (laughs) Evan T. Lilly, what does coal mean to you? I don't know. What What does it mean to you? <laughs> I, I I write the prompts. <laughs> I don't even th- I don't think past that. I barely think up to that. <laughs> well, there are two possibilities. Coal is either just material, or it could also mean that if you use coal, Greta Thunberg will find you and kill you. <laughs> Greta Thunberg. Oh, yeah, we made but, fun of her last weekend. But actually, no. <laughs> There's also a third thing, but not many people actually know about this. So, now coal was or, or C O A L was something else. It was something. Extraordinary. <laughs> C.O.L. meant Catalonia's original ass lickers. That's right. <laughs> right. Spain's semi-autonomous northeastern region was once home to the punkiest, rebelliest, smack-talkiest, hard rock women's punk band of ladies all time. With hits like rope dope poop and What You Gonna Do About It and The Crusades Was a Bad Idea. <laughs> they were the hit times. The name of the band was inspired by a revised version of the American brand, TCBY, the country's best yogurt. Now, to this day, half the band members insist the profane name was just a jab at the status quo. While the other half insisted they just needed to name an ear-catching acronym for the word coal. (laughs) 
There was the lead singer-guitarist, Elba, the popular one. <laughs> Despite the fact that she had mild social anxiety, it made her relatable to a lot of people who also feel that way. <laughs> there was a the secondary uh, guitarist, Katarina, the smart one. Ironically, it was later revealed that she had the lowest IQ of the group, but she made up for it by being really good at chess. There was the bass guitarist, Luisa, the wild one. She was actually quite mild and restrained, but they called her wild because she preferred wild rice instead of bomba rice when making paella. <laughs> then finally, there was the drummer, Estelle. Moving on. <laughs> How hardcore were the Catalina's original ass lickers? Let me tell ya. In 1986, the morning after a concert in Valencia, while high on drugs, Katerina attempted to mainstream orange juice right into her veins. She missed and instead injected the juice into the other half of the orange she originally got the juice from. The band member Ricardo Goya said the whole thing was part of a complete breakfast. How punk was that? Later, June in 87, the band played a benefit concert dressed as deer to protest the killing of innocent animals. During the show, Louisa got drunk, ran into the forest, then was shot at by actual hunters. The hunters stopped when they realized the deer was cussing at them and not wearing pants or underwear, <coughs> and was playing the bass guitar. And in 1991, Elba was high and played guitar while on a bicycle through a neighborhood in Seattle, when then she then smashed it into a Marriott swimming pool. <laughs> Katerina tried to pick her up with a limo, but crashed that limo into the hotel itself. Both being unable to drive, they rented a room with a limo-sized hole in the wall and complained about the draft the next morning because they forgot about everything. <laughs> so what happened to the band after their heyday? Elba and Katerina had a falling out over artistic plans. Elba wanted to keep punk alive, but Katerina wanted to go into the 90s e-commerce business. Elba went into more success performing solo concerts, benefits, and charities. And Katarina is now a lawyer working in Tarangona. You thought I was going to say Barcelona, but no. <laughs> That's how punk she is. <laughs> Louisa passed away in 2003 with a massive couch overdose in that she was crushed to death by a couch at a thrift store. And the drummer Stell is still alive and not really interesting. And that was the story of Catalonia's original ass lookers. Very good. Very good. Very good. Jesse. Yeah. Cole, what does it mean to you? Uh, just uh, off topic, just realized the uh, the wide array of bearded men. white beards we have up yeah. here. <laughs> that happens a we lot. We cover the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do people come here for the diversity? <laughs> yeah. Usually. Oh, nice. Actually, yeah. Usually better than this, but this yeah. this does not let you <laughs> let you in on the that. quarter Cherokee. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we all are, Cherokee Nick. We you. we all are. <laughs> <laughs> we let women in the crowd <laughs> <laughs> once a month. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, <clears throat> but beyond that, C O A L is the abbreviation for a popular public Facebook group that just keeps gaining members every day and stands for cool older aunts, LOLs. <laughs> <laughs> Lols. Um, some popular posts from uh, found in Cole 
include one from Gabby Kirkwood, where she tells the group about how she just bought a fanny pack that says juicy on it. (laughs) The kind with those sequins that you rub one way and it's one color and you rub back the other way and it's the other color that it was before. And how she would never actually wear it out, but she's going to keep it behind her monitor in her cubicle, and she'll know it's there. (laughs) And when she thinks about it, it'll give her such a thrill. (laughs) There's also countless posts about how they all really like the idea of RuPaul. (laughs) But they just wonder why, if they're all trying to look like girls, then why do all these boys just go so far with it? They just do too dang much. If they had if they had to sum up their feelings about RuPaul and his drags, it would be they absolutely support them and their decisions to do what they feel in their gay hearts. But they just wonder why it's always got to be so dang much. They could never do it. But it's good that somebody does it, they guess. And good for them, for heaven's sake. <laughs> And, of course, there is one post with a 200-plus long comment thread daring each other that they should all buy one of those Christmas sweaters with the boob hole cut out (laughs) so that you could have your boob stick through so that you can decorate it to look like a reindeer face and so that that way you can't totally tell it's a boob hanging out of a sweater, but you can totally tell it's a boob hanging out of a sweater. (laughs) And how they should all get one and wear them to their respective office Christmas parties. (laughs) And Joan Umbridge even went so far as to have one sitting in her Amazon cart for the last two weeks. (laughs) But she thinks she'll probably just end up deleting it because she's worried how it's going to wonk up her algorithm. And what crazy things Amazon's going to start suggesting for that she might also want. C-O-A-L, cool older aunts, lols. <laughs> <laughs> they all still have that big bag of penis candies they got at that gal's night out. <laughs> Tucked away in a drawer because they'll never actually eat them. But isn't that just nuts that they make those? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That was reorganization. Good job, bearded white men. <laughs> This brings us to our uh, next segment. Topical haiku challenge. Haikus are from Japan. That's why we have that music. Gentlemen, please have written three haiku in regard to the following topical story. Headline, Kirksville church elder caught sugar baby fishing on grinder with Arby's card. Yeah, thank you one person that found that (laughs) funny. A professor of communication at Truman State University, an elder at Kirksville Church of Christ, Barry Pointer, now faces a misdemeanor prostitution charge uh, for attempting to solicit sexual favors from male college students on Grindr. In exchange for sexual sexual favors, Dilf, his profile name, uh, told the officers monitoring the fake Grindr account that he had exchanged gift cards, clothing, and money to former partners. On December 3rd, Pointer offered police the police monitoring the fake profile, gas money uh, for sexual favors, adding that he might throw in an Arby's card, LOL. (laughs) Uh, Haiku go. We'll do one haiku at a time and cycle through. Nick, what's your first of three haiku? 
<laughs> I have th this might actually be the first haiku I've ever written. <laughs> uh, I went a little bit literal with the original headline right. about uh, fishing for a baby. <laughs> the baby is caught. Suddenly red fishing hook. Could use Arby's sauce. <laughs> Very good. Evan, your first of three haiku. You can't arrest me. I'm a college professor. Tenure works here, right? <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Jesse Jones. First is titled Misunderstanding. This isn't quite the open face roast beef sandwich <laughs> I was looking for. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Nick, your second of three haiku. A good guy's gift card? The fuck kind of store is this? Fuck it, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Evan? Don't worry, Pointer. Got a great lawyer for you. He'll get you off. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <No. laughs> Jesse Jones. Second titled Serve and Protect. Protect with a question mark. <laughs> On the penultimate, not the diphthong. Seems like I could be doing more as a cop. Oh well. Gotcha, old guy. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Augusta Police, Honey Pot of Sugar Daddy, New Police Cold Code, Dilf. <laughs> Very good. Evan, you're 33. You can't arrest me. <laughs> My pimp forced me to suck dick. Problem is, he's God. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> Jesse Jones. Third is titled "What's the Point?" <laughs> well, if you can't trust Grinder to swap meat for meat, <laughs> then what good is it? <laughs> Very good. Very good. That was a topical haiku challenge. Yes. Yeah. Did you want to read your other two, Nick? Not really. No. Okay. No. Want to give you the opportunity. But I will. All right, Nick. Let's hear your other two. <laughs> Extended. <laughs> Topical haiku after dark. Untrustworthy. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Fuck everything. Yeah. Untrustworthy dilf. A smooth otter awaits below. Meat for the grinder. Uh, and this one this one is just strictly for uh, 70s uh, new wave cinephiles. Okay. Perfect. Pacino cruising. More like George C. Scott finds his daughter on Tinder. Oh, wait. One more. <laughs> All right. Because of Barry. No more gift card prizes at Kirksville Church Raffles. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That was worth it. Yeah, it was. All right. <laughs> that brings us to our third of five segments. We're almost halfway over. Calm down. All right. Uh, this third segment's called This Was Today Once. Uh, please tell us how you'd celebrate uh, the following two events combined. Uh, Nick Coleman, on this date, 1951, the EBR-1 in Arco, Idaho, becomes the first nuclear power plant to generate electricity. The electricity powered four light bulbs. Also on this very date, Adolf Hitler is freed from jail early. 1924. Uh, I didn't get that in the prompt. Sorry, I know. I just realized it was 1924. <laughs> um, uh, How did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Just 
I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> in celebration of these two momentous occasions, I would shoot a rap video using only four light bulbs to light it. And I'd have an actor dressed as a modern Hitler, a hipster Hitler, a hipster, perform these rap lyrics. These l exact rap lyrics, sorry. A piece of fuzz flew in my mouth. <laughs> out on bail, fresh out of jail, fastest shit scheming. Soon as I step on the scene, I'm hearing Nazis screaming. <laughs> Fiending for powder and strudel, the life of a Reichstag ruler. <laughs> Where cowards die, and can I get that strudel? <laughs> Dressed in looks and Docs Martins, ride is what I do. Flossing, but have caution, we collide with other fools. And then, bang! I shoot him in the middle of the fucking music video. I shoot hit Hitler, the actor. Not just with my camera, but with a gun. And then I pull a David Lynch in season three of Twin Peaks. And then I step out from behind the camera and just sweep around the dead body for like a solid fucking hour. And then I upload it to YouTube. It gets millions of hits on day one. Fascism implodes on itself. Boom. The end. Very good. And thanks for the season three spoiler alert to Twin Peaks. I haven't seen it. It's oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. You're all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Evan, Lily, sorry about that. I didn't include the year. I apologize. Evan, Lily, on this date, 1860, South Carolina becomes the first state to attempt to secede from the United States. Uh, also on this very date, 1987, in the worst uh, peacetime sea disaster, passenger ferry Dona Paz uh, sinks after colliding with an oil tanker vec vector in the Talbas Strait of, in the Philippines, killing an estimated 4,000 people. Uh, how'd you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Well, when I read the prompt carefully, I, I, I had the question, do I look like a guy who celebrates drowning victims in slavery? Uh, wait. Well, maybe. <laughs> you were wearing that hat earlier. <laughs> I guess I deserve it then. <laughs> but nonetheless, December 20th is an important day. I spend it like I do every other year watching a unique deleted segment of Ken Burns' The Civil War documentary, <laughs> a scene where private letters of reenactors are read in chronological order to reveal how they themselves commemorated this day. Here is their story. <laughs> and this is where I've decided to include a little, a little extra music to all right. sure. set the mood, make Get us, us all feel like we're experiencing the moment. Sure. And, uh, mind you, this is me playing the music. <laughs> Would you like us to hold it up to one of the microphones? Let's hold it to one of the microphones. My dearest Abigail, I write to you to inform you that our regiment hands out to Fort Sumter today. I pray to the heavens that I will see you again someday when this senseless and bloody civil war is over. Maybe by 4 p.m. if traffic is light on the I-26 north of Charleston. <laughs> Your loving friend, John Roberts, 1st Battalion. 9.08 a.m. Dear Oaksdale Civil War Reenactment Troop, hello and welcome to the Fort Sumter Booze and Brunch Cruise Company. We hope you'll enjoy our five-hour trip around the historical coastal area of Charleston and a delicious breakfast brunch with bottomless mimosas and all-you-can-butter flapjacks. Please take the time to review our boat safety instructions in this email and follow the safety drill from our dedicated safety instructor, Joshua, before our departure. Enjoy! Sincerely, Cruise Company Management. 9.31 a.m. My dearest Clarabelle, I write to inform you of the strenuous hardships of life in the Army. Our instructor, Sergeant Joshua, is tough as nails and ain't easy on nobody. 
Me and my comrades chafe under the discipline, but it's all in a good cause. Nathan Wilde, 2nd Regiment. 9.42 a.m. Yo, dude, you won't believe what's going on at work today on the brunch cruise. I was about to do my thing, you know? Telling the guests about boat safety, rules and regulations, stuff like that. And you know who shows up? A bunch of old white dudes in Civil War shit. I try to stay cool and tell them how to be safe, you know, not hurt themselves, not sink the boat and stuff. But they don't like being told what to do, even if it's the same thing. Man, it says like this when I miss Doc in California. <laughs> Joshua, safety instructor. 11.37 a.m. My dearest Matilda, my men have taken their positions and are performing up to expectations. All of them are ready singing to our upcoming victory. I even brought a bottle of bourbon in my jacket to toast to you personally when the time comes. General Beauregard, 1st Divisional Army. 11.37 a.m. Ken Burns, you say? <laughs> I, tell you, ja I tell you, Jamie, I'm like so sick of these Civil War dudes in their lame outfits singing creepy songs and getting drunk on mimosas and what I'm pretty sure is whiskey they smuggle onto the boat. That's like so against company rules. If they don't stop, I'm sinking this boat myself. <coughs> Andrea Lang, company breakfast chef. 12.47 a.m. My dearest Ruth, the battle has turned against us. The Yankees have sallied out and dared to give battle. Their own general is fierce and mighty in combat. I fear we may lose this war. Michael Hayworth, 3rd Cavalry. 12.45 p.m. As ship's captain I, and company representative, I decided to address the problem myself by talking to the intoxicated passengers who for some reason thought I was a Union general. I've already called the police who will be arriving any minute. Doug Chapman, company captain. And finally, 4.01 p.m. My dearest Lisa, I regret to inform we have lost the battle. Casualties were horrendous. Six arrests, seven fines, and three official warnings. I am fortunate to have survived the calamity. Hope to be in your arms as soon as the Lord allows. P.S. Russia, I was bad in the R-26. Be back in 30. <laughs> Very good. Evan Lilly. <laughs> And that was long. That was actually uh, longer than the original Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. This is what happens when you invite me. <laughs> it's great. It was great. Jesse Jones on this date, 1985, Pope John Paul II announces the institution of World Youth Day. Mm -hmm. uh, also on this very date, 1981, the Cleveland Browns set team records for the most fumbles, nine, and the most turnovers, ten, in a game. Uh, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? As everyone, I'm sure, is aware, World Youth Day was specifically created for the sole purpose of warning the youth of the world that without proper precaution, anyone, anyone, could waste precious years, even decades of their lives, as fans of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> even worse, still dozens of once bright, promising young men are forced almost universally against their will, to become members of the Cleveland Browns every year. <laughs> For 17 weeks a year, and only 17 weeks a year, one in 32 National Football League teams on the field is, regrettably, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> And for this four-month period of time, innocent men, women, and children are exposed to the existence of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> 
1996, the brave, suffering souls who were the Cleveland Browns at the time attempted to put an end to this pitiable history of pain and anguish, fleeing to Baltimore to escape their curse. But sadly, just three years later, the inky, foul, orange filth would return, <laughs> birthing the Cleveland Browns once more to blight the Ohio landscape and beyond. And so it is on this day every year that I prepare hot meals for desperate, sullen Cleveland Brown sufferers, knowing there is nothing I can do to help those who are already afflicted, but that there is hope for those who have yet been seduced by the ugliest, saddest uniforms in the league and the hauntingly, achingly horrid history of failure that somehow still lures lost souls into their stands. <laughs> and so while these poor bastards huddle together, telling themselves one more time that next year things will be better, an echo that they can hear reverberating through history in their father's voice and their father's father's <laughs> voice. <laughs> we understand that we will never truly be rid of the Cleveland Browns. But here's hoping that someday we can reduce the number of those suffering and prevent, and prevent any more from following down that stupid, stupid path. <laughs> Very good. That was, this was, today once. <clears throat> It's hard to ha have that uh, opinion when we live here in Sacramento. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, the, the surge won. <laughs> the surge. <laughs> Our WNBA team won a championship. So. Well, I mean, the surge was like a semi-pro football team That's from right. the 90s. That's right. Played right here in the park. No, the, uh, the gold miners were in the CFL. Right. Our trail of broken <laughs> semi-pro football teams. <laughs> Thank God for the River Cats, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's continue the show <laughs> yeah. so that we may finish it. <laughs> yeah. Specifically uh, so. <laughs> uh, this fourth segment of five, if you're counting, is called Location, Location, Location. Uh, congrats, everyone. You've all started the following businesses. Uh, make your customers, customers want to uh, buy what you're selling. Uh, Nick Coleman, you run a hookah lounge on a street where three other hookah lounges already exist. Make us want to come there. <laughs> <laughs> you like hookahs? You like s weird sexual fetishes? Or maybe you just like to have the satisfying feeling of a freshly cut lawn. <laughs> well, we got all that shit, Sun Chips. Come on down to Cole's Hookah Lawn and Bar. Inside is 5,000 square feet of turf and a bunch of riding mowers that have had their blades removed. So you can reenact everyone's favorite weird fetish that's sweeping the nation. Somebody had actually recorded that initial incident from their window and posted on YouTube. Uh, that's, uh, that's how it caught on. So bam, plot hole covered. Oh, what? How do you smoke a hookah on a lawnmower? It's mounted to a fucking wheel. And the coals and the tobacco are in a device that's fixed to the engine. You're riding and you're hookahing, so fuck you. <laughs> what about the cunnilingus, you ask? You, you just have to come on down and find out about it. I can't tell you everything all in one night. <clears throat> coals is open Thursday through Monday. Uh, fuck those other hookah lounges. You want to keep on? You want to keep on this grass? That's our fucking slogan. Grandmother's getting free on Sundays. Also a fucking slogan. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> Very good, Nick. Very good. <clears throat> Evan, uh, you sell charm bracelets in a town that is entirely populated with people who are missing their hands. <laughs> now, just for safety, does anyone here uh, have both their hands? <laughs> yeah. Hands Woo. up. I said hands up. 
Thank you. I just want to be sure I'm not offending anyone. All right. Hello, I'm Andy Robinson. Welcome back to QVC, the premier shopping network. And we got a great new product for you from our friends at the Mitt Maloney Home and Goods Co- Company. <laughs> the new Mitt Maloney Charm Bracelet. Ah, sounds like we've already got a caller. Go on, you're on QVC. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm uh, Joey from uh, Dolores, Michigan. Hi, Joey, what can we do you for? Yeah, uh, I'm interested in buying that coffee maker you were showing earlier. Oh, I'm sorry, where are the espresso machines? But can I interest you in Mitt Maloney Charm Bracelets? Uh, that's going to be a problem. Uh, don't worry, sir. We take a lot of different pain methods. Uh, no, you see, the thing is, I don't have hands. Uh, maybe not, but you will have a Mitt Maloney charm bracelet. <laughs> uh, what am I going to do with something I can't wear? I'll tell you what you're going to do with it. You're going to get a great deal on a Mitt Maloney charm <laughs> bracelet. Beep. <laughs> well, he's gone for now. Let's move on to our next caller. Hello, I'm uh, Sarah from Dolores, Michigan. Another Michigan caller. Wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> you also here to buy a Mitt Maloney charm bracelet? Uh, no, I'm interested in the lovely autumn jackets by L.L. Bean that were on display a few minutes ago. <laughs> Ooh, where are those? But you know what will really warm you up? A Mitt Maloney charm bracelet. <clears throat> but I don't have hands. All right, you don't have hands to... Uh, all right, you may not have hands, but I tell you what you can do with those hands... You can call us and order a Mitt Maloney charm bracelet. Yeah. But I, I, I can't wear those. I just want the jackets. Yeah, you can get the jackets, but you know what you can also do? Buy a Mitt Maloney charm bracelets. <laughs> Sorry, that caller hung up on the phone. But don't change the channel, folks, because we still have a great selection of these amazing Mitt Maloney charm bracelets. Oh, and uh, we got another caller. Hello, caller. You're on QVC. Hello, this is Mitt Maloney from Dolores, Michigan. <laughs> Wait, the Mitt Maloney from the Mitt Maloney Home and Goods Company? Uh, yeah, that's me. The guy who made the Mitt Maloney charm bra- bracelets we have on very sale this very moment? Same guy. Well, that's amazing, sir. How can we help you today? Uh, would you be interested in buying some of our Mitt Maloney charm bracelets? <laughs> what? Me? Uh, yeah, the company's gone broke. For some reason, we keep selling stuff to the wrong people. Uh... You know, refrigerators to Ar- Arctic Inuit tribes, tanning beds to claustrophobes, and bail bonds to people who haven't committed any crimes. <laughs> so uh, what do you say, Andy? 50% off all bracelets? Uh, that is awesome! I'll take them all! <laughs> all the bracelets? Yeah! Excellent. Oh, and before you go, Mitt, what time do you wear your bracelet on? Left or right? Uh, neither. I don't have any hands. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you later. <laughs> well, that's my time here on QVC, everyone. I got a date with some awesome charm bracelets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Evan Lilly. Very good. Jesse Jones, yes, you've yes. created a knockoff association mm-hmm. uh, whose aim is to try and replace the Girl Scouts of America. Mm-hmm. Do you like selling cookies and dressing up in cute little green outfits? <laughs> well, why not join us at Keebler? That's right, Keebler, the little elven name you know and trust with little to no political agenda outside of the selling of delicious cookies. (laughs) You like badges? Well, if we had badges, would it make it easier for you to transition? Well, then how about this stripity badge for putting the stripes on the fudge stripes cookies? That's a thing Bonko the Keebler elf can make do. Oh, hi, I'm Bonko the Keebler elf. I mean, we didn't. We haven't done sashes, but we can. Uh, they'd go just fine with the overall look of the Keebler uniform, so uh, we'll do that. 
and you can sew badges to the sash, and all the badges will be cookie-related. And really, the more I say it, the more I don't see how this is that much different from what you were already doing. And you know, the thing about uh, tree-dwelling cookie-making elves is that it's a very gender-nonspecific community with the pointy ears and the pointy shoes and so many bells on so many articles of clothing. It's, it's almost impossible to even guess what gender someone might be, even if anybody cared. Keeblers always believe the only thing that truly matters is the cookies and the immortality. Did I forget to mention the immortality? <laughs> oh, boy, is Bonko's face even rosier. Bonko should really probably lead with that. Yeah, when you are accepted as a Keebler elf, you are bestowed with life eternal. <laughs> you need only pledge your undying devotion to E.L. Fudge and welcome and receive his blessings upon you. You are taken into the Keebler tree, buried for eight days under a mound of chips deluxe. And if you are true in spirit and, and have accepted E.L. Fudge as, as worthy, you will emerge from your cocoon born anew. <laughs> a third of your original size, squeaky of voice, and impervious to all known weapons and poisons. <laughs> so why not think it over? And really try not to think too hard about what happens to those deemed unworthy. Because once you get a peek behind that curtain, you'll probably wish you'd never eaten so many Vienna fingers before then. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I'm gonna hit that sound effect, and that brings us to our final segment. Yeah, uh, it's it called "Write an Erotic <laughs> Poem About It." It was our final set. Well, one of our segments last week, but you know, uh, gentlemen, please have written an erotic poem about the uh, following things. Nick, let's hear your erotic poem in regards to the middle seat on an airplane. I uh, didn't realize it was erotic until halfway through. Yeah. And I was too lazy to rewrite it. So sure. the, the eroticism doesn't hit until just the halfway mark. Jumps out at you. Okay. <laughs> good. Uh, if at all. It's um, If at all. Foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> Might not jump out at all. <clears throat> okay. Uh, our, uh, so my erotic poem is about the middle seat. The middle seat of an airplane. Of an airplane. Did you yes. already say that? Yes. Okay. Cool. I did. <laughs> Cool, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, <laughs> I came to bring the pain. I am the middle seat on a plane. <laughs> on your way from Nova, Nova Scotia to Spain, I am half of a whole seat split in twain. <laughs> in between two people who could be four. One who likes to talk and one who breathes like a snore. A kid kicking my back, seat in front reclining to the floor. You forget your own name as your personal space becomes nevermore, nevermore. I came to bring the pain. I am the middle seat on a plane. Look down, what's that stain? I'm a, horn I'm a horny anthropomorphic chair and I just came. Take a nap, wake up in a new time zone. You feel one with the chair, you are all alone. <laughs> your, arms <laughs> your arms won't move when you go to reach for your phone. Your mouth won't open when you go to moan. <laughs> I just switched seats with your brain. You are now the middle seat on the plane. And I will go home with your wife, Jane Eleanor, to bring the pain and make her scream evermore, evermore. <clears throat> Very good. That was highly erotic. It was great. Very good. 
<laughs> that was a nice twist. Uh, Evan, uh, let's hear your erotic poem in regard to garden snails. Well, just to make this a, a bit more interesting, <laughs> I would like Nick here to read the English translation. Oh, do you mind? No. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Whatever. parts written in both. <laughs> Scroll. <laughs> I'll start first. I. All right. All right. This fucking guy, where'd you guys go? All right. Now, I will be doing this in a, in a language that's more attuned to loving snails. Okay. Beautiful French. All right. Mm. Well, Google French. French. <laughs> All right. Escargot. Parce que tu as un escargot. J'arrête de repose par toi. Maintenant, je suis attiré par toi. Because you are a snail, I was repulsed by you. Now I am attracted to you. J'ai moi souffrance du jour où j'ai t'ai rencontré. Je n'étais qu'un jeune homme travaillant dans ce que la croix assez. Vous étiez un escargot occasion de gaz aux plantes et mon patron de l'est. I remember the day I first met you. I was just a young man working at an Ace Hardware store. You were a snail causing damage to the plants, and my boss hated it. Il ne s'apprend pas son jour sans penser à regarder que tu m'as donné et passant devant les rangs en pot. Vous avez la son malos que les droits repassés à tout un tas de jardins beaucoup plus riches et plus bon que moi. Not a day went by when I didn't think about the look you gave me when I'd walk by the potted oranges. You had the appearance of a mollusk who has to offend off a whole bunch of gardeners, much richer and more handsomer than me. Mais quand deux personnes sont passées par un revenir agricole, un coup, une délicatesse régionale, le reste du monde n'a plus d'importance. But when a person feels that passionate about an agricultural pest slash slash <laughs> did a slash and then wrote slash. Regional <laughs> delicacy. The rest of the world doesn't matter anymore. Je te regarde et tu m'en regardes. À moi, je pense que tu l'étais. Je n'ai pas, c'est pas comment fonctionnent les dieux de leur scogo. I looked at you and you looked at me. At least I think you were. I don't know how snail eyes work. Valer un redrum d'escogo, mais mon cœur était vite. You were going at a snail's pace, but my heart was beating fast. Nous avons passé un bref moment à bonheur simple. Passer du temps les jardins, manger des croûts de légumes, faire des longueurs promenades sur la plage. Même si on longueur pas où vous étiez, des trois pieds de pour moi. Oh, we shared a brief moment of bliss together, spending time in the gardens, eating vegetable scap. Talking long walks and taking long walks and talking long walks on the beach. <laughs> Although a long walk for you was three feet from me. Pour emporter les plants que vous avez des trousses, pour emporter les pots en céramique sur lesquels vous avez rampé. Laissez-moi chambre miss pour emporter que vous avez mangé, les herbes que vous avez mangé près de la fenêtre de ma cousin. Je t'aimerai toujours. Oh, no matter what plants you have ruined, no matter what ceramic pots you have crawled over, leaving a slim path over, a slime path even, no matter which one the herbs you've eaten that I have growing near my kitchen window you have eaten, I will always love you. <laughs> Very good. I'm hard. 
This is the reason I made someone else read it, Very so they good. can suffer through my typos. <laughs> that was great. That was but great. No, thank you. Yeah. It's the first time no, we've had a lot of, that, that much French on the show. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice. lot of French. Very good. Yeah, way too much. Very yeah, good. I'm sorry about that. No, that was, no, great. It was yeah. just the right amount of French. Perfect. <laughs> just the right amount of French. Jesse Jones, yeah. uh, in this show. Sure. Uh, let's hear your erotic poem in, uh, in regard to Old St. Nick. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This may sound somewhat familiar. Um, <laughs> feel free to join along. Don't. Most of the words have been changed. <laughs> So again, erotic poem. Erotic poem about old Saint Nick. Okay. <clears throat> Here comes Santa Claus. <laughs> Here comes Santa Claus. Dribbling down your chin. Okay. Your hunky bear lover is on the prowl and coming to town again. <laughs> Pants are loose and he wants your caboose and he hopes you kept yourself tight. So drop your drawers and spread your cheeks, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Oh, <laughs> here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, he'll try to keep it out of your hair. <laughs> or squeeze your hairy chubby tits together if you want it squirted there. <laughs> Hear that belt buckle hit the floor, and you know you're in for a sight. So jump in bed, let's all give him some head, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Oh, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, ropey shots of goo. He's got a bag so silky smooth, he shaves it just for you. Give it a tickle and a cup and a fondle. Be sure to treat him just right. His cheeks will be rosy when he curls up his toesy when Santa Claus comes tonight. Oh, please, more. There will be a good time for all if we all just circle upright. So grab a handful of neighbor and give it a tug. Cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Tug a neighbor or two, and one will tug on you too. Cause Santa Claus comes tonight. And that is the end of Stab. Uh, one more time for all the contestants you saw this evening. Nick Coleman, Evan T. Lilly, Jesse Jones. If you'd like to hear more stabs, go to one of our many online outlets. Uh, go to Spotify. Listen to it there. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's probably not Christmas when you listen to this, but uh, hey. Do my best. We'll see. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>